Hey, what's up, fellow podcasters? I'm Gene the Genius, and you're now tuned in to One and On Sports. I'll be covering the latest events happening in sports from the NBA, NFL, MLB, and much more. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nabra Talk page on the Apple Podcast app and follow us on SoundCloud at Nabra Productions. Now, to One and On Sports. Okay, everybody, so we just completed week seven in the NFL, and here are the best games of the week. Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington Redskins. The Cowboys lose in a close divisional matchup to the Redskins 17 to 20 after Brett Maher missed a late game tying field goal to send it to overtime. The Los Angeles Chargers are now 5-2 with a 20-19 win over the Tennessee Titans. The Titans had a chance to send the game into overtime, but instead of going for the extra point after a late touchdown, they went for a two-point conversion and failed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers survived the Cleveland Browns in overtime 26-23, all thanks to Chandler Cannonzaro's 49-yard field goal to win the game. The New Orleans Saints outlasted the Baltimore Ravens 24-23 when Justin Tucker missed a late extra point attempt to tie the game after a touchdown. Alright, so let's go into my top three quarterback performances of week seven. The first one goes to Andrew Luck of the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck was 17 of 23 in passing. He threw for 156 yards. He had four touchdowns and a passer rating of 93.7, all in the win over the Buffalo Bills. Um, I understand that he only threw for 156 yards, but he had four touchdowns and his completion percentage was almost 74%. Um, that's a big deal for Andrew Luck uh, because if most people uh, most people know this, Andrew Luck usually throws the ball 40, 50, sometimes 60 times a game, um, which also results into multiple interceptions in the game. So for Andrew Luck to only throw the ball 23 times, completed 17, he throws four touchdowns, and with a 93.7 passer rating, that's a job well done. My next one goes to Tom Brady. Tom Brady was 25 of 36. He threw for 277 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception, and the win over the Chicago Bears. And last but not least, um, the man himself, Patrick Mahomes, 28 of 39. Four touchdowns, one interception, and a quarterback rating of 90.7. And now let's go into my top running back performances of the week. The first one, I'll give it to Adrian Peterson. Uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about Adrian Peterson, especially the NFL analysts. They saying that he's at the back end of his career, which I understand. But I feel like Adrian Peterson is like the he's like the Vince Carter of the NFL. Vince Carter stays in shape, bro. And um, Adrian Peterson, um, he stays in tip top shape. People got to remember Adrian Peterson. Um, was a leading rusher one year on one leg when he came back from uh, a torn ACL. Uh, he's a workhorse, you feel me? So you put him in the right situation and he will get you yardage, kind of like what he did this past week. Um, he had uh, over 100 yards in total offense and the win over the Dallas Cowboys for the Washington Redskins. My second one goes to Todd Gurley, who I believe is the MVP of the NFL this year. If he keeps this up, uh, there should be no doubt um, that he wins the MVP. But knowing how the NFL uh, does things, 
um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do some BS, but at the same time, I'd be highly upset. Todd Gurley had 19 touches, 86 total yards, two rushing touchdowns, and one reception touchdown in the win over San Francisco. There's been a lot of discussion on who would you take between Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., and DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins over Julio Jones. I'm going to take Odell Beckham Jr. over Julio Jones. Who do I take over uh, DeAndre and Odell? I'll take DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, so the reason why I'm taking both DeAndre and Odell over Julio Jones is just one reason and one reason only. Both guys can get into the end zone way more than Julio Jones can. We are in the seventh week of the NFL, week seven, and Julio Jones has not one single touchdown, and that's problematic. You can tell me different if the Falcons were really doing something this year, but they're not. The Falcons aren't doing anything this year. They're a regular team. They're an average team. And I think that's in part to so many reasons. And one of the reasons is because Julio Jones isn't getting into the end zone. Your top receiver, your top receiver does not score. The Falcons are three and four. They're three and four because they have a hard time scoring in the red zone. So that means, well, Devontae Freeman's hurt. So if Devontae Freeman's hurt, someone else has to pick up the slack. Your top receiver does not get into the end zone. You cannot ignore the fact that that's why you're losing. If your receiver could score at least once every other game, that's eight touchdowns a season. You guys would. If the, the Falcons would win a few more games if Julio was was able to get into the end zone. I'm not saying he's not a top receiver, but I believe there are other receivers ahead of him simply because they can put up the yardage and the touchdowns. In my opinion, when it comes to football, touchdown is the number one priority, whether you're on offense or defense. If you're on offense, you're trying to score a touchdown. If you're on defense, you're trying to prevent a touchdown. So if you can't do that as an offensive threat, then you're no, then there's no like, you're not really a threat then. If you can't score, Odell Beckham scores. DeAndre Hopkins scores. Antonio Brown scores. Adam Thielian scores. Tyreek Hill scores. And they put up the yardage on top of that. You can't just be half of it. And then people are going to say, well, he's just part of the system. This is it. He's not here to score. Okay, if he's not here to score, who is? Because not many people are. You have Matt Ryan, but who is he throwing to that's going to score? 
And that's the question. Now let's get into this whole Odell Beckham Jr. situation. Um, I don't like it. Simply because the media is making it seem like this is all Odell Beckham Jr.'s fault. This is Odell's fault that they're one in six. How is it really Odell Beckham Jr.'s fault that they're one in six? He doesn't lead the team. He's not the quarterback of the team. He goes out. He does his job. The fact that he he um he's passionate on the sidelines, whether he's yelling, screaming, kicking, punching, that shouldn't um that shouldn't um that shouldn't offset or disrupt the team's performance on the field. You get what I'm saying, like. People are trying to turn the other way and ignore the fact that Eli Manning is simply not a productive quarterback for the Giants. And he's not. And that's all Odell Beckham Jr. is saying. My man is just trying to, he's speaking his mind and he's speaking how he feels. Odell Beckham Jr. isn't having the greatest year. Remember, he's coming from he's coming off of uh, injury, but at the same time, people can't act just because just because Eli Manning um brought two Super Bowl rings to the to the New York Giants doesn't mean he can't get benched. It don't mean he he's he's good still. As a matter of fact, when he won those two Super Bowls. He wasn't even the greatest QB. He was an average he was an average quarterback who did his job. But the Giants defense was superb. People need to leave Odell Beckham Jr. alone. They like asking him questions that make it seem like he's throwing his team under the bus. They need to start asking Eli Manning some questions. They need to start asking the offensive line some questions. Because that's where the real problem is at. Odell Beckham is not the problem. Tom Brady, Tom Brady does the same exact thing. The only difference is he has a good team. That's it. People have all these expectations from you whenever you get this high pay. These paydays from these athletes. We have all these expectations. Let's not forget... Eli Manning is part of the team too. Have you guys has has anybody asked Eli why he's underperforming? Nobody's asking that question. No one's asking why Eli Manning is underperforming. But everybody is coming at Odell Beckham Jr. Eli Manning needs to go. This is his last year. This has to be his last year. Because if he stays, it's not going to be pretty for New York. I think it was wrong for them to fire McAdoo last year because he benched um, Eli Manning. He knew what the problem was. He tried to fix it. And they fired him for it. Because they thought he was disrespecting Eli. Well, Eli was disrespecting y'all, the Giants, because he couldn't win you guys games. And the fact that he couldn't even do anything without Odell Beckham Jr. means something even more. 
That means he can't even work with what he has around him, which shows he's not even a top quarterback. He's not even an average quarterback. I get it. He's won two Super Bowl championships for the organization. But at the same time, you have to think about the future. The New York Giants are overworking Saquon Barkley. For NFL fantasy owners, it looks great. Yeah. I, who wouldn't want Saquon Barkley on their fantasy team? Who wouldn't want Saquon Barkley putting up numbers on any on their team? You feel me? But at the same time, he's only a rookie. And by the time his third year comes and he's working like that, it'll be over. Yeah, you can give him the ball, but if he's getting the ball 30, 40 times a game, that's a problem. And that Saquon Barkley, that's Eli's like safety blanket. He doesn't have enough time to throw the ball. So it's not only Eli, it's also the offensive line. So I think the owner needs to leave Odell Beckham Jr. alone and try to make some moves to fix the offensive line. Odell Beckham Jr., if everything was okay, Odell Beckham Jr. wouldn't be talking so much in the media. But you gotta ask him questions and he gives you an answer. Don't be upset at the answer that he gives you. He's being honest. The quarterback is the problem. The offensive line is the problem. It's not Odell Beckham Jr. My boy made, um, said that the Falcons and the Giants, they're pretty much the same team, just a better quarterback. When you add in Matt Ryan, and then you compare Matt Ryan to Eli Man. Matt Ryan is a way better quarterback than Eli Man. I think the Falcons are way better. Because they have as far as offensive power, if I were to, if, if it was a close game like last night, I'm taking um I'm taking the Falcons in a close game. I'll I put my money on Matt Ryan in a two minute drill over Eli Man. You got a healthy Falcons, Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, even put Tevin Coleman in the backfield with Devontae. And then their defense, if they, when they're healthy, I'll take I'll take the, the Falcons over the Giants. Now the Giants, they have offensive power as far as Odell and Saquon Barkley, but their quarterback is not efficient. And that's the problem quarterback an efficient quarterback elevates the level of a receiver a great quarterback will turn an average receiver into a good receiver we already know Odell is nice with or without Eli but the thing is Eli is messing up Odell Beckham Jr.'s stats Hey, what's up, sports fans? It's Gene the Genius, and thanks again for tuning in to One and Nine Sports, brought to you by Nabra Talk and Nabra Productions. Uh, make sure you subscribe, and you comment, you like, and you share. Um, I'll be back next week with the Week 8 NFL um, 
news and updates i'll also be getting into the nba and a little bit of the world series so stay tuned and you guys stay blessed have a good one Just